So word association, what's the first thing that comes into your head in relation to the number 50? Oh, shades of grey. Mm. Uh, half. Oh, Article 50, because I know that's what your project is about. Work. Because I work at number 50 Montrose Terrace. <laughs> uh, half a century. <laughs> um, it's not an age I particularly liked. I was thinking about it. I didn't mind so much being... 60 or 40 or whatever, but 50. Hi. Um, we've got a slightly odd question for you. Don't want to interrupt your relaxed time. Odd Britain is officially on its way out of the European Union after 44 years as a member, after invoking a part of European law known as Article 50 on Wednesday. We're on a bit of a mad journey around the country. Um, we're doing 50-mile leaps, and we're kind of talking to people about the things that, that are important to them. We're knocking on door number 50. We're recording voices about what people like about where they live, what they hope for yeah. in the future, particularly with lots of changes going on, like the UK leaving Europe. This is Indefinite Article. On the 29th of March 2017, nine months after a divisive referendum, Theresa May signed Article 50, beginning the process of Britain's exit from the European Union. In the weeks that followed, we set out on a listening journey. We travelled in leaps of 50 miles across the four countries of the UK, knocking on number 50 doors as we went. We were looking for conversations that went beyond the easy stereotypes that seemed to run through all our discussions about Brexit. I'm Ali Avery. And I'm Alice Myers. Hello. Hello. Sorry to bother you. No problem. Um, um, just, can we just take a moment of your time and ask you a bit of a weird question? This is episode three, in which we visit Blythe, Catterick, Leeds, Mansfield and Spalding. We also learn more about mining, running a restaurant and positivity stones. The Blythe Tall Ships Project, a project for young to train young people. So I'm learning stuff here. Make no mistake about it, I'm learning stuff. We do rigging here, I've done a rigging course to uh, splice steel rope wires, which is another thing that's become more and more difficult to find people who can do it. This area is forgotten. People come and go, take what they want, companies, leave it, forget about it. I don't know what people are thinking about in government. Houses that are being built around here. There's not, there's not the infrastructure to support it. Where, where are the doctors, the schools? You know, housing estates haven't got anything on them. And I'm wondering why kids are, are vandalising places have just got any, haven't got any soil or I've got any, it's just so many things that niggle people. And I just what everybody that voted for uh, to leave the EU, as I said, don't get me wrong, I think I was quite happy with the common market. Then it became something else. Then it became what we've got now, a European state. Basically, we've got a European state. We've got a European state president now. I don't know who the hell he is, where he lives. 
What, what do we need that for? My name's Christine and I'm at Far Brompton View in Beeston Leeds. I've lived here three years, but it's a bad area. I'm trying to get a possible move from here now because it's a notorious with drug dealers and fighting and children breaking in and anything like that. What would you like to see change or what, you know, what do you think could be done to make things better? Um, street cleaning, for one. Get rid of um, immigrants, that shouldn't be allowed here and that. You know I, mean? I mean, we've had Polish over there in the bed seats at number five and that. It's just a case of everything they want, they get. We want, we can't get. Do you know what I mean, I'd just love to see a better place, I really would. Somewhere where it's peaceful, quiet, no drug dealers, you know, no arguments. I mean, I don't bother nobody on this street. They know I'm, like, from a travelling family sort of thing, you know, because my mother being gypsy, but they never bothered me. A lot do, because a lot don't like gypsies, see, because they think they're dirty people. Well, I'm not dirty. And we was down at B&M's the other day, coming back in a taxi, and the taxi driver says, I don't think you'll get through Jersey Road, loves. I says, why is that? He says, it's all cold and doff. I says, why? Asians fighting against the whites. I mean, like myself, I'm, I'm protected with a lot of Asians because a lot of them went to school with my boys, so they know us, you know. And they say to me, you all right, ma? I go, I'm fine, love. You know, you get any problems, you give us a shout with here for you, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? And it's nice to know that some do have respect for you. I mean, I have some friends that are Jehovah's Witnesses that come on, um, like, she's coming next Monday to see me. She's given me a lot of hope as well, you know, by talking to me and saying that we're going to end up with this new paradise earth and that before long, and it's going to be, like, whole communities together, everybody, one big happy family and that, you know. What religion did you grow up with? I was Church of England, um, but I was a born-again Christian. Um, when I was younger, I didn't know right from wrong then, and I stole ten pence out of the collection box, you know, for sweets, and my mum went ballistic. She told my dad, and my dad went ape, and he proper, proper smacked me for it, you know, sent me to bed and everything. At that time, we, you could use belts or whatever then, do you know what I mean? Nowadays, you can't. You can't discipline your kids now. But... I think if there were more discipline, they brought hanging back and that, do you know what I mean? It'd be a different world, it really would be different. There'd be less crime and one thing or another, do you know what I mean? Now there's more crime than enough. It's only a couple of months ago there was a young girl murdered upon Tempest Road and a little baby ended up in care. Like I say, it's very, very bad around here, very bad. I think the, the, the proposal to coming out from the European country, the decision has been made before asking people. That's what happened in back home. After election, 99.9 .9 voted for Saddam. Where does that all come from? In my neighborhood, like 100, 100 houses was around me. Nobody voted for Saddam, but at the end, it came out. 99.9 .9 people yeah, voted for him. Was going even to election. It so was that, just that, uh, 
I was surprised about the media. Why is not showing the truth? Why is not telling the people? See, if British they they live without single market, so that means they're going to be small island alone in this area. It's very difficult for country. It's been like a, for a long time. It's been sharing everything, and now. I'm going to take what is mine and I'm going to give you what is yours and each one is going to be like a separate... Uh, it's a little bit difficult. I was factory worker and uh, by this moment we opened this business in the uh, Beeston area uh, for three months with my partner uh, Danny and uh, we are happy to serve the people and to make uh, this area better. When, when we opened here three months uh, we were closing here and do some decorations in here. In the morning, every morning, when I came here, I was greeting people by good morning, good afternoon, on, on a road, whenever everyone is passing me, and without any kind of, like, a see, see them if they are Kurdish, Polish, white, British, black, orange, any, any color they came from, so I was greeting everyone. In the beginning, I did have, like, so many dish, and people was kind of pointing at me, oh, he's crazy, what this guy's doing with the suit, and some of them was telling me, oh, you are too push for this area. I said, well, I'm not push, I'm just wearing, like, a waitress clothes. And the matter of fact, just a few days ago, my neighbor, I was crossing road to get some shopping, and to be honest, my mind was so busy, I couldn't greet him. And in the evening, he came to me, he says, Dana, is something wrong with you? I says, no, I'm fine. He says, you didn't say good morning this morning. And I mean, this is the achievement. If we, 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 could, we could accept each other, if we are just like, a be, a be open to each other, we make some different, just, just accept each All other. Human, they have humanity inside him, but you have to find it. We make people happy, sitting, relaxing, listening to the music and eating food, and to go out with a big smile. This is what we plan. We, we, we need to live in, in hope. That's what something keeps us going. The creature who remains till the end is not the one who is stronger. That's the one he has ability to adapt. It's not because we are strong. No, we just need to have a, like a, the adaptations to change, the adaptations to accept each other, the adaptations to, to live together, to, to have a hope for the future. Yes, uh, my name is John Pertwee and uh, we're standing in the middle of Mansfield High Street at the moment and um, I do the calling for Kershaw's, Kershaw's Butchers, so we're right in the heart of Mansfield at this moment. Can you tell us a bit about the calling you do? Uh, the calling basically is to, is to try and tell people right up as far as the top of town to the bottom of town exactly what sort of offers and deals we've got on today. It's a strange thing, I don't really get 100% involved in politics uh, because it can always spark people off, politics and religion and things like that can always spark off different opinions. Uh, but I hope to think that the, the right party will get in and after, because um, I'm quite old, and uh, I think that um, it does need a complete shake-up and a complete change. 
Feeling hopeful? Do you uh, very, very. I always feel hopeful. I carry this little stone around, and uh, <laughs> I try and I try and stay as positive as I can. And, and oh, the stone is obsidian, and uh, it it uh, helps bring in uh, positive vibes and does away with negativity. The hardest thing in anything in society is communication and getting your message. And always the, the sort of socialists or working class avenues for messages is always what's known as in um, shopping queues and on the streets and in the chip shop. And I mean, nowadays with modern technology and televisions, the hardest thing to get is people to get them out of the homes and bring them together. Whether you, whether you want to mention politics, I'm, you know, I'm the East Midlands membership secretary of the Socialist Labour Party. But as regarding the EEC, in my opinion, we're railroaded in. And I've followed it for all these years. I've been campaigning as, as, with as much energy as I've got to come out of it. It's, it, it's got to be a rich man's club. and uh, Unanswerable. Can I just ask um, what do you, what you think it is in your own personal experience that has given you the, the opinions that you have? It was fortunate for me that before the 84 strike started, I had the opportunity to go to the first union school. I always knew there was something wrong with the world, but I didn't know how to put it together. It, you, you know, your life, my life, like many people's lives, can be like a, a jigsaw puzzle. All the pieces are upside down and they're all shuffled up. Well, how can you join them together? But once you start turning them over and you learn about that and you learn about something else and you turn these pieces over and start joining them, once I get started, I could think of talk all day, but um, I was then, through the strike, I, I was sort of took on the leadership role of the strikers, you know, then carried on battling after the strike. When they closed Mansfield Colliery, to me, it was so quick and the miners were just shuffled off to all the collieries. Miners were walking down the road with, with sack bags on the back with all the pit clothes and the tools and the boots. And they, they were just walking down the road as if they were walking into a better world. They would to the next bit and then shut it. Could you tell us a little bit about what you think the impact of the strike was kind of here in this area, in this community? On this area, I think it just made people just go quiet and just keep their heads down. I've just been talking to a... a a miner that I used to work with and he, he, he worked in the strike and I didn't work in the strike but you know still some of them will cling to these old beliefs because the hardest thing for a person to do psychologically is, is accept that they might not have been right and they think it's they think it's a sign of strength to cling on to your beliefs whereas it's a sign of strength if you can say yeah I accept the argument I will change my mind that is a sign of strength but there you go Alexandra and we are in the center of Mansfield and it's a very beautiful uh, street where we are now and uh, yeah it's a beautiful day today and um, I live for almost uh, one year in Mansfield I came from Romania and uh, I'm a student also although I'm, I'm almost uh, 40 years old 
this year. I am studying uh, painting, decorating and West Nottinghamshire College. I study in Romania um, fine art, hoping that uh, in the future I will be a mural painting. So can I ask, what, what were you doing? In, were you in Romania until last year, you said? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Were you doing a different kind of work there? or Different, because in Romania it's tough to, to have, a, let's say, an artist's life and to have a family. It's, the life is tough there. So uh, I did um, interior design. But our future is not as... Uh, positive and uh, energetic and that vibrant and that's why we came in England. I'm so excited to be here. Great things I'm sure will happen in our future. <laughs> yeah. Can you say a bit about what do you like about living here and, and what do you hope for in well, the future? I, first of all I like people. They're so friendly, they're so um, helpful I was in Birmingham uh, one month ago and uh, I received some help in a bus because I didn't know that I, I need to have uh, change, um, you know, cash, cash for uh, tickets. I have my card with me, but I didn't have change and the bus driver said, okay, if you don't have uh, money, sorry. I didn't know what to do and uh, a couple of uh, men, they are old and uh, very nice. They start to search in their own pocket to give me money to pay the ticket fare, you know. It was so touching. Um, I was just, hello. Hello. <laughs> Where are you? Is this your husband? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Florian. Florian, my husband. Hello. Great. And just to say, part of the reason that we chose 50, the 50 miles, is because of Article 50, you know, and this whole process of the UK leaving the European Union. Like, what do you, what's your feelings about the, that Well, we referendum? hope to reverse all the things back to the previous state, honestly. Leaving the European Union is the worst mistake that the United Kingdom ever made. UK gives us an enormous chance to develop ourselves, to start a new beginning. But for many other people who have uh, the same or better uh, potential, will be just a door in the face. We are lucky, but many of us won't be. There was a, an older guy we met in Blythe who just kind of straight off, before we even turned on the recorder, said, oh, you're asking about Brexit. It's about identity, it's about place. And you know what? People move around too much these days and they don't know where they're from. I guess I noticed for me that there's, there's definitely a, you know, a longing, really, for a sort of stronger sense of home and of place. We're both people who grew up in one place, had a fairly ambivalent relationship, I'd say, as well, to the places where we grew up. Moved away, have moved around a fair bit and have made sort of a sort of fairly, well, in your case, fairly permanent, in my case, still pretty transitory feeling home elsewhere. I guess it makes me think differently about, do you remember um, Theresa May made this speech about, you know, if you're a citizen of the world, you're a citizen of nowhere. 
and it, I guess it makes me realise she is really tapping into something really important and I think it needs it needs listening to Yeah, uh, my name's John Hall, um, 67 and a half or something like that. Um, live in South Lincolnshire, nice little village, Watplode. Um, traffic's got busy now since we've been up here, but <laughs> great way of life. Sheila, Sheila Hall, the other half. Everything about Lincolnshire I like, yeah. People are friendly low-flying aircraft, and love to see them, farm traffic. If it weren't for the farm traffic, we wouldn't be eating. Our time of life, it's, it's peace and quiet, just an easier life, really, which is what we've got here. So. We're going to be far better off, far, and we're proving it now. And I hope Theresa May gets in again, which she will, be stronger, we'll come out, Great economy, one of the leaders in the world. Some of the people we've been talking to have been talking about those promises of kind of distributing money and lots of people have been going, oh, but it's lies, you know, politicians will say whatever they want to say. What, what is it, do you think, that leads you to kind of trust that? Well, I know politicians do lie. They always lie. It's the way they build their empire through lies. But my trust in Britain, basically, Britain's come through so much and we've all come out, always come out smelling of roses. I was, grew up in the East End of London and even back then I can remember when I was a kid playing on bomb damage throughout the London and then watching it grow back up from rubble to basically London, what it is now, the leading capital of the world, I think. What are your hopes for the future? What would you like to see us kind of holding on to and what would you like to see us well, letting British go of? identity, really. Because sometimes you feel as though it's getting lost. You know, I, I know it, every, you sh, you've got to allow other people to come into the country, but I think there has to be a limit. Break me in half and I'll have English, like a stick of rock, English through me through and through. But everyone English. has their own opinion and you have to respect everyone's opinion. If people were to think clean and positively and talk and be friendly, we wouldn't have all this that's going on in the world at the moment. And I'm pretty frightened about it. I really am. It even happens on both sides. When you see a sign outside an East European place where they go and sort of talk together and have a drink when you see a sign outside there saying no English is allowed isn't that racist abuse it's been going on for centuries as I said you still get racist abuse against Jews I'm part Jewish and knowing going back from the Holocaust and there's still persecution about there shouldn't be but if it's toned down and it's, you say something, it's not class. It, things shouldn't be classed as racism when they're not. Can I ask 
Can I just ask um, what it is that you spend your time doing when you're not shopping for flowers? Making love. No. no he, he sleeps a lot and fantasizes. I think now I'm retired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, you can cut that bit. Uh. You've been listening to the Indefinite Article podcast, project development by Ali Avery and Alice Myers, production by Alice Myers, sound design by Dave House, music by Sync. To follow the rest of the journey and to join the conversation, visit our website at indefinitearticle.org. Thank you.